You know, this morning, I just want to get right to the message because I really feel that I have something burning in my soul. And I really feel that God wants to speak to us. And, you know, even this morning when I was in praying, I, I mean, I really had a visitation from the Holy Spirit and just came. And I'm, you know me, I'm not going to false advertise. But, I, I mean, the Lord just came and just began to move. You ever have moments where you just feel God? And He just comes. And when you feel Him, you just begin to weep. And when you weep, it's not because you're sad. It's because all of a sudden, it's like all those things that can build up in our lives, it gets melted away, and God just begins to do something in our soul. And so I just want to welcome you back last week, Pastor Josh. Actually, it's been kind of crazy. I, you know, we have three campuses. I've been visiting all the campuses, and the funny thing is, I hadn't even been preaching in them. Amen. And, and, thank you, Danny. Anyway, I know what he means by that, but... but the, 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 the thing is, let me just say this. I mean, let me just say, you'd be so proud of Pastor Jamie and Cheryl and Eunice and what God is doing there. We got a new worship leader over there. Man, she is off the charts. I mean, and they're just having some incredible visitations of the Lord. And, and then, uh, you know, went to Crowley and uh, Pastor Jacob was there preaching. So it was like Pastor Jacob, me and, and Zach. I didn't even say anything. So it was good. But just to watch my son, you know, and, and uh, you know, Zach, I mean, they're all my sons in the Lord. And then last week watching Pastor Josh. And, man, Pastor Josh just knocked it out of the park last week. I mean, I mean, he got the wood and knocked it out. And, uh, you know, and so, you know, that's what I want to talk about. Last week, he just broke the ground, and we were talking about the greatest. And, and we know that right now, we're all on a 21-day journey. Some of you are doing the Daniel fast. Some of you electronic. Some of you, all these things. I, I drop Facebook. So if you don't see me, that's one of the things I drop. And so I decided I'm going to get my face in the book rather than being in Facebook. Amen. And there, hey, the reign of God's coming. And so what happened, you know, and it's like, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, so I don't know where you're at, but what God has spoken to you for you to do during that 21 days, uh, you know, maybe there's some sacrifice or some things you're laying down. Some of you have, I know women, you know, the struggle you have is that thing called chocolate. And and some of y'all might have given that up. I don't know many of the men. I haven't talked to anybody that have given up hunting for 21 days, but, uh, you know, it's, it's wherever your journey's at. And we're specifically taking in-depth, and we've been taking the command of Jesus and gave us in Matthew, and that's what we've been doing for the whole month, the whole time we're doing our 21-day journey. We're looking at the Gospel of Matthew. And, you know, in Matthew, and it's what Pastor Josh shared last week was this text. And it just, let's just go there and let's, let's, let's read it together. And it's Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40. If you have your Bible, it's a good thing to bring a Bible to church when you come. Uh, We do give you notes, and then we have it up here. But if you don't have a Bible, look down so I don't call you out for public reading, okay? But just a joke, okay? Teacher, which is the most important command in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. And the second one is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the Bible says it in verse 40, says the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. So Jesus wraps up all the commands. We know the first command, the first, the first, first four commandments were all of us. It was God with us. 
And then the, the second six is based on man versus man. It's in what we do in the commands. And Jesus brought all those commands, those ten, and brought them down to two. And so what happens, let me just recap. Josh shared with us last week that God, that we can love God and people, but I love what he, he shared, and it was really good. He reminded us that God, and remember this, so loves us. God so loves us. He just loves us. You know, and it was kind of neat because this morning when I was getting out of my truck, my little girl sees me and she runs to the truck. And I go, what do you want? She goes, I just want to be with you. And I was listening to the radio. I was just, you know, and I was listening to old Keith Green song. It was on the radio this morning I was listening to. And, and she goes, what are you doing, Daddy? I said, come on, come sit on my lap. And I said, I'm just listening to this song. I used to sing this when I first got saved. And, 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 and so she's just sitting there and just, you know, like a, a nine-year-old girl does. And, you know, and it's like, and I, I, when I see her, I just go, I still love her. I just love her. She didn't have to do anything. I just love her. She's my only girl. You know, my, my youngest son's sitting here, Luke. He's kind of graduating out of children's church. And, and just yesterday, him and I just had a great time. We went in a deer stand. We didn't see any deer. We saw some turkeys. And he kind of shoot one. I go, no, it's not season. Anyway. But just when he gets on that camouflage and he looks at me and the conversations that we have, I just love him. I love him. I love when my wife gets up in the morning and I walk in sometimes and she's got, she's drinking a little coffee. She's having her little devotion at the table. She's pulling out the Bible and, and it's like I look at her and we don't have to say anything. I just love her. You, you know what I'm saying? And she loves me when I got stinky breath and my hair doesn't look this good in the morning when I wake up and, you know, and I got a funky old gray robe and I, it's comfortable. But the Bible says, the Bible's not about God. It's, it's not just, not about man loving God, but God loving man. That's what Pastor Josh shared. So he loves us first. And our response is to love, to reciprocate that love. And that we love, as we love God, we love people. And the greatest gift that God gives us are the people he puts in our lives. And see, this morning, so the big question is, we must ask is, how do we love God? How do we love? You ever wonder that? How do I love God? How can I love God? How many of you want to grow in your relationship with God? How many of you want to just say, you know, but this year, I want to love God more than I've ever loved God in my entire life. Listen, I believe this will be the greatest year of your life if you pursue God. And see, here it is. I want to talk to you today about how caring for your soul is connecting to loving God. I, I love this song. I sang it wonderful in the shower two days ago. And I was singing it, and I love it, and and it's a psalm, it's Psalm 42, and it says this, As a deer panteth I for the waters, so my soul pant after thee. See why I don't lead? But hey, when I'm rubbed up in soap and shampoo, it's good. That's all I got to say. I'm a superstar in my shower. But can I tell you something? You know, when you look at that, I just want to say, when you look at that word, you know what that word's describing? Look at me, I want to tell you. That word is describing, it's a deer. And I want you to imagine in your own mind's eye that it's a deer being hunted down. See, when David wrote Psalm 42, his enemies were after him. He looked, he was wanting to be discouraged. He's wanting to be down. He's wanting, and he's just, he's, he's down. And, and all of a sudden, he, he sees a picture, and he, he begins to describe what's going on inside of him. 
Have you ever had that moment where you just can't describe everything that's going on inside of you? You know what I'm talking about? But here he is, he's going, as a deer panteth after the waters. And he was seeing a picture of these dogs chasing this deer. And that deer was running. Its lungs were, were giving out. And it was sweating. And it couldn't do anything but kept running and running in exhaustion. And all it could do, instead of just going to drink of the water, all it could do is just fall in the living waters and begin to just go, this is what I need. And David's, David's at this point, he's going, God, I know the only thing I ever need is you. It's you. You know, he's saying as the deer pathway comes to that river and he just plunges in for refuge. You see, he's, and just like us, sometimes we're pursued. Hello? We feel like giving up. Anybody ever been there? Feel like giving up. And, and we're, we're ready to give up. And David's painting a picture for God, the living God, who can give life and save us from death. He's there and he's at the point. He's saying, that's how my heart and my soul feels. I want God. I feel like I've been hunted down. And it's not in your notes. Just remember this, Psalm 42. It's a word Pastor Jim gave me this week. He talked to me, Pastor Jim LeFou. And I've been studying. Listen, I've been studying about the soul for two months. Literally, I've been studying about the soul, our soul, my soul, for two months. And Pastor Jim called me yesterday, if you know Pastor, he's my pastor, and he's a prophetic. The very song, the very text that I'm preaching from today was the very word he had for me yesterday, not knowing about it. And let me tell you something. When your soul is faced with things, let me tell you, this is what David had to do. You go look at Psalm 42 later, and you study it. David had to do this. He had to remember where he came from. How many of you remember where you came from before you knew the Lord? I mean, sometimes it's good to remember. It's just good to remember where you came from. I mean, by the time I graduated high school, I've been to 15 different schools. That's a lot. We'd moved different places. I didn't go to the same school for more than two years until I got to the sixth grade. Just because my parents were moving, whatever, you know. And, just, and then, you know, I, I got in a little trouble with some schools, and they politely invited me not to come back. And I did a bunch of stupid little things and stuff like that. But I look back and I, and I can see, I remember the day that I cried out to God and God came and he met me. And he met me in such an incredible, tangible way. That is the very thing that has kept I, my life. Let me just say, God rescued me. It was a miracle. I had my mama, I had my grandmother, they would pray, they would take me and my brother Todd to the place called the Charismatic Teaching Center in Lafayette. I mean, they're casting devils out of people. Me and my brother, we'd go smoke dope before we'd go to service, and we'd just watch the people kind of just doing things, and I remember they'd probably go by and see us and go, oh Lord, pray for demon boys. Anyway, just... My mom used to have a Bible study in the house. They'd come and put anointing oil on posters on my dresser. They'd get in my drawers. Not my drawers, but my drawers. They needed to get in my drawers. Anyway, in my mind. And, and, and it's like and they just begin to pray, you know. And I go, what are you doing? I remember my mom, one time God was speaking to her, and she had all these statues around the house. And she started, you remember that time? She, started, she beat them with hammers and stuff. She said, I don't want any more idols in my life. It's not about the statues, all right? You know, but that's where she was at. I go, what the heck are y'all doing? Y'all are crazy. And you want me to become crazy like y'all? Forget it. So what is your soul? 
What is your soul? The Hebrew says this. The word soul means nevish, which means which, it says, that which breathes. The breathing substance or being, the inner being of man, that's your life, yourself, your person, your desire, your passion, your appetite, and your emotions. What are you hungry for? What are you emotional about? God, man is made in three parts. We know that body, soul, and what else? Spirit. And so when you receive Jesus as the Lord of your life, your spirit, man, is made alive. Remember, Jesus came to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus, let's say, a man be born again. He's not entering in your room, but he needs to be born again, born of the Spirit. All of a sudden, the very thing that was dead to us, all of a sudden becomes alive. The Bible that didn't make much sense, that stayed on your grandmother's coffee table in the living room with the nice pictures, all of a sudden, it wasn't about the book and the pictures anymore. It was about what was in that book. It became alive. It became real. It became substance. It became like bread that you'd begin to eat and water you'd begin to drink and you would begin, you, you would, you, you would begin to satisfy yourself. And see, so your body is the physical part. It's the part that gets tired. How many of you get tired sometimes? time it's a part that gets hungry for some of us very quite often and and it's a part that hurts your body one day will die your soul is the most valuable and most precious part of you it's the very center of all your all, all human beings it's the center of that your soul is also fragile part of you it's the most fragile part of you that's why you see in the gospel, Jesus speaking about taking care of your soul. He says this in Matthew 16, verse 26. And what do, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but yet lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? I love even in, in Matthew, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's, it's after he, he commissions them to go out. And he said, don't be afraid, guys. Those that want to kill you. They can only kill your body. They can't touch your soul. See, in the world we live in, we hear a lot about self-care. How many of you are talking about? Turn on the TV and all the channels you usually don't watch, but you get depressed at 2 o'clock in the morning. You can't go to sleep. You watch those. If you buy this cream, your, your eyes, the wrinkles in your eyes will go. <laughs> I'm going to buy three of those. If you, if you so-and-so, if you, you don't have to exercise, you don't have to eat, but if you do this method and you buy these little things, it's a miracle application and your belly will go, you know, you see them, they'll be going like this. And your belly will, that's what will happen to you. And people are going, that's what I need. See, I want to encourage you. Today, that your soul is the most valuable, most precious, and most fragile part of you, and how you take care of it affects your love for God. It affects your love for God. See, let's go. Let's go right here to the Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord formed man from the dust of the earth. And in other words, God came and he kind of it was kind of like a Play-Doh set, and he began to come and he began to take things from the earth, from the dirt, and he began to farm. Man. And then the next thing that he did after he farmed man, he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, the Bible says. And the man became a living soul. So God breathed. It wasn't just filling his lungs with air. 
You know what I'm saying? Because well, he breathed. But what he did is he gave him a spirit and he gave him understanding. That's what God does. God breathes in us by spirit, the spirit of God. And sometimes when you live by, when you hear people that well, they live by the spirit, God gives you understanding, a revelation of things around you that you did not see, you weren't aware of before. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so let, let me just say there's three things about your soul. Your soul, you are a soul made by God. The soul is, is the real you. It's the inner you. It's the eternal you. It's the thing that one day when you leave this earth, you're going to match the face behind the voice you always heard. You understand me? I don't know what it's going to look like in heaven, but I, I feel like when you're getting up there, it might be a cool breeze, his hair kind of flowing back. I don't know. And there he is, and he goes, he'll look at you and go, hey, hey, I know you. You're so-and-so. But the Bible says you'll have a new name. And you'll recognize it. He said, well done. Good. Faithful. How many of you feel like sometimes you had now always been good? How many sometimes you feel like uh, faithfulness? Shoot. But can I tell you something? That's where the grace of God comes in. You know, it's like with that song, it says, oh, a thousand times. How many of you know God's not the God of a second chance? He's the God of many more chances. How many of you have children? How many of you have given them a lot of chances? How many, sometimes your chances have run out? And that's when you feel like Isaac, you want, I mean, uh, Jacob, you want to bring Isaac and you're going to sacrifice him before the Lord. But anyway, the second thing is your soul was made for a relationship with God. You were created to be connected to God. What is your soul? That's your mind. That's your will, that's your emotions, and that's your personality. Those are things that God gives you. See, your soul is the, uh, the, it's, it's the, it, it's the integrator. It integrates all of that. And see, in other words, it is designed to integrate your mind, your mind, your body, I mean, your emotions, and to be in unity with God. That's what wholeness is. You see, however, when a man chooses to sin... This is what happens. He's disconnected from God. And you went from wholeness to brokenness. You know, I remember I got a phone call yesterday. I have a, a cousin, and, and uh, he passed away yesterday. He fought um, multiple sclerosis for more than 20 years, maybe 25. I don't know exactly how many years, but quite a few years. And before he had uh, multiple sclerosis, I was visiting my grandmother one day that was actually living on their property at that time. She had a little, little place. And she would call me boy sometimes when she needed me to do something. And she, would say, and she said, boy, come here. She goes, you know your cousin Ham? You need to go tell him about Jesus. He's searching and he's looking. And I remember going and I find him. And, and he said, hey, man. I just go, hey. My grandmother's name was Nene. Nene wanted me to talk to you about Jesus. He said, and he called me Howard. That's my real name, if you, for some of you don't know. He goes, Howard, what does that mean? And I remember they had some, some fig trees that were behind my aunt's house. And we were standing in those fig, that fig area with the big fig trees. And I started talking to him about Jesus. And after I talked to him and shared with him, he said, I want, I want him in my life. I need God. And so this morning, 
It doesn't mean that he was perfect. It doesn't mean that he did everything right after that. But what it does mean, he committed and trusted Jesus for the rest of his life. And all of a sudden, his spirit came alive. And it was up to him to feed that soul. Do you understand me? He trusted in Jesus. And see, for us, your soul is made to need God. You see, what do you mean, Pastor Bubba? God, God is infinite and God is unlimited. How many of you believe that? See, the, needless, the, the, needless, the, the, the neediest of your soul is unlimited. You know, we have needs. How many say needs? needs. How many you got a few needs? needs. Sometimes we're going to try to meet our needs with our greeds, right? It's just a joke. All right, you'll, you'll. But what happens is they'll never, because it's, it, it was, your soul was designed to be connected to unlimited source, and that unlimited source is God. You know, the incredible, when you, when we disconnect from God, our soul is kept. It keeps its neediness. We just need. Our soul still thirst. But what do we do? If we, what do we do is we feed our soul things instead of feeding our soul things that are going to add to us and the source of God, we try to look for other things to meet those needs in our lives. And what happens is we get disconnected from the very the unlimited source or the, it would be like the storehouse or the warehouse that God has. You see, the thirst of our soul can't be met by temporary things. Amen. The good news is there's only one thing that can fill our neediness in our soul, and that is the unlimited grace and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And see, Jesus is the solution to our soul. When you, have you ever heard that word? You know, you ever heard that statement? Well, they're just a lost soul. They're just a lost soul. What does that mean? Well, they're just a lost soul. You know what that, I, we don't, it, we, we think of their destination sometimes. It's not the destination that makes a soul lost. It's the condition of the soul that makes a person lost. You see, don't phase me out with the rain, all right? Look at me. Because we're fixing to get, put your seatbelt on because we're fixing to hit it, all right? Okay, we're going over the speed bump here, right here. All right? The first step in loving God is when, you, when I turn to God to satisfy my soul instead of turning to other things that are distract, that distant to me far away from God. What do you mean, Pastor? And the next time you're faced with the desire to sin, how many, had a, how many had an opportunity to sin this past week? More than once. More than twice. How many of you said, there, but, 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 Pastor Bubba, there was a legion of opportunities? <laughs> Look at me. If you think that because I'm a pastor that I'm immune to the same attacks you are, you're crazy. Sometimes you can get in the very word of God and the devil's trying to tempt you with the most vile, stupid, wicked, gross things that you can ever imagine. Hello? Because what happens is the enemy knows, the enemy of your soul knows, hey, you're fixing to make a connection. All of a sudden, it's kind of like, I'm looking. When I'm looking, it's kind of like, I don't know what this is, but, well, that's too much. That's way too much. Here you go. This one looks sharp. Maybe not. Can you make sure I don't... Everybody. Yeah. I've done that. I don't... Okay. See, we're like this. This is the power source. 
You have nothing in you by yourself or on your own that can meet your need. This is a beautiful piano. It makes incredible noise. You see, that's you. You're beautiful. You're created by God. And God's giving you gifts. And when you end those gifts, you're awesome. Because all of a sudden, you're connected to the power source. I got it. You're connected. You're connected. And see, when you're disconnected, what does that mean? That means you're an island. You're to yourself. You don't share with anybody. You go, well, I'm going to get it through. You know what? Sometimes you won't get it through if you're by yourself. That's what David had to do. He had to remember where he came from. And all of a sudden, he had to recount how many times God showed up in his life. God, you did this. You showed up here. God, when I was here, God, you made this happen. When I, everything I was going to throw in the towel, but God, you came. You showed up. There was a miracle. I'm going to another church and preach. Are y'all listening to me this morning? See, you remember the story of the woman at the well? Remember she had five husbands? Remember her? Jesus was trying to teach her about worship and loving God. What was he saying? He told her the reason she was broken was because she was trying to satisfy her soul with men. Look at me. Listen, it may not be men. It may be other things. You ever notice that some people keep going back to the same thing over and over and over. It's because they're not satisfying their soul in the presence of the living God. And God is coming and connecting to you. Can I just, can I give you a hint? Just, here's just the raw truth. You can never have babies unless you get naked. Some of you go, really? Really? Little kids are going, what? Listen, I'm not trying to be nasty or anything. I'm just telling you, it's the same way with God. Sometimes you just got to go, hey, God. It's coming. My ears are falling off. God, I'm going to get real. I'm just going to, can I just get real with y'all? I just... uh. I don't know what's going on right now with this thing. How I live. My wife, my wife's going, what are you doing? I'm not undressing. But sometimes you just got to go, God, God, I need what you need. You want other things in me. God, I need to get pregnant again. God, there's something you want to birth in me. There's something you want to do in me. Oh, God, let's connect. There's something about when a man and a woman connect that God does something incredible there. And there's a possibility of all kinds of things that take place. But see, when you look at the scripture, Jesus talking to this woman, Jesus said, if, you, if, you, if, if, if she would turn to God, your soul would drink from the well that never runs dry. That means you get an unlimited source how many of you want an unlimited source? Amen. That means when you go and you've been in the heat of the uh, exhaustion, you feel like the world's pursued you, you feel like people's pursued you, you feel like you have no friends, all you can do is just jump into the river of God and say, God, refresh me. That's the picture. And see, 
what happens is, is that Jesus said this. I love this. He said in, in Matthew 11, he said, Jesus said, come to me, all of you that are weary and carry heavy burdens. What does that mean? That means you're carrying a load. That means your strength is zapped. It means like you feel like I'm so exhausted I can't take another step. And the greatest thing that can happen to you, someone next to you goes, hey, man, can I get that load off of you? Can I help you with that? Let me take that for you. That load is oppressive. That load is heavy. That load is burdensome. That load is not for you to carry, but you're trying to carry it yourself. Well, if I don't do it, who will? If I don't get this done, who will? And it's where the Bible says, you see, he'll carry the heavy burdens. And look what he says. He says, he said, all of you are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. You see, even at that point, because he was talking right there since when he's sharing the scripture, they have all these Pharisees and these scribes and what they're doing, they're putting a burden on the children of Israel. Not only were there the Ten Commandments, there was over 613 other laws and regiments that they had to keep. So it was like a burden. Can you imagine everything? Every time you turn, you're, like the, you're trying to put something else on you and go, man, am I ever going to do this? Where Jesus comes back and says this, hey, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. You see, He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your what? For your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden I give you is light. Don't, Don't we all struggle with this? Come on, let's be honest. Don't we all struggle with that? We all get tired and weary. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's sad. I mean, the older I've gotten, I can go up, I can watch a, a football game and I fall asleep. It's sad. I mean, we'll watch a movie or try to watch a show at night and about 8, 30, 9 o'clock, I'm like. I mean, or you eat a turkey. I got, my brother and I went fishing. If y'all want a good picture, I got a picture of my brother after he fell asleep after turkey. We'd go and hunt that morning. He's just. <sighs> Young look at me, I'll show it to you anyway. I'll take a picture of him, but I'm going, I look probably just like that. You see, if we learn how to satisfy your soul in Jesus, you can find your rest. See, Jesus must be the focus and the center of our worship. See, when you come in the church, we're not coming to sing songs, okay? We're singing songs and worshiping for two different... Uh, you know, singing songs and worshiping are two different things. See, when you come to worship Jesus, you're coming to satisfy your soul. Some people were raising their hands this morning. You felt the touch of God. You felt God's prayer. I mean, I'm talking about, you just, I mean, Lily, I was back there today, and I, I Lily, I felt, the, I felt the presence of God. I just, I just, in a tangible way, I sense His presence. And see, you know what? It's like when we love and worship Jesus at that very moment, the presence of God can show up in our lives. And fear and worry and stress, they can't stay there. Hello? They just can't. Because all of a sudden you've made that connection. That's what I've been looking for all week. That's what I've been missing. That's 
You see, this 21-day fast is all about us refocusing our agenda and reconstructing our day. To have moments that we just carve out moments with God. As a church, that's all we're trying to do for you. We're just saying, hey, here's a couple of simple things you can do. You can go on our website, look at a, at a devotion that morning. You can read a, a chapter or two chapters that day. And even follow your own reading process. And let God do what He wants to do in you this year. It's, it's an, and always it's a refocus at the beginning of the year of doing something new. Refocusing. want to do see what God can do in my life. And so, you know, we must learn to bring our temptations and our burdens and our worries to Jesus. Because can I, can I tell you something? What is the difference between an obstacle and an opportunity? What is it? It's, an, it's our attitude. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? It's our attitude toward it. Every opportunity has difficulty. But can I tell you something? Every difficulty has an opportunity. It's what we do with the opportunity in the difficulty or the difficulty with the opportunity. Does that make sense? I'm not confusing anybody, right? All right. So Romans, let's, let's bring this to a close. Romans 125. They, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of our eternal praise. See, what they were saying, he's saying is that you are serving God because you want his hands. But you don't want his face. I want the face of God. What does the face mean? It means the presence of God. I want the presence of God. I don't want his hands and just his provision. I want, that comes when I seek his face. But see, what happens is, is that you have to make a decision to turn the things that, are not, that don't satisfy. How many of you got things in your life that just don't satisfy you? Then stop buying it. Stop looking at it. Stop. Can I just, kinda, can I just be a watchman this morning? That's what a pastor is. My name, my real name means Howard, Defender, Watchman, Chief Guardian. Can I just live my name out? Can I do that this morning? I'm just telling you, there are things that the Spirit of God is speaking to you. I don't have to come to you and say, don't do this, don't do it. We don't, you know, rah, rah. You know, I've been around there. The Bible even says you don't need to shout those things. When the Spirit of God is somewhere, He's the one that speaks. He's the one that deals. He's the one that meddles in, our, in the affairs of men. And and in their minds, in their hearts. And we know that there are things that we need to set right. There are things that we need to do. And the Bible, just like John the Baptist, repent. Just repent. What does that mean? Say, God, I see my sin. I hate my sin. And I turn from my sin. And I'm following you. I take up the cross. It's not my will anymore. But it's your will being crossed by my will. Because I want to please you. I want to satisfy. My soul can't keep going on like this. it's, It's a burden. It's, it's a weight, and I can't carry this anymore. See, think about the things that we, we allow to affect us. If, we, if you have a bad hair day, don't let that affect your soul. Don't let a fat tire affect your soul. True, wor- true worship begins. It's true worship brings rest to your soul and power to your life. See, when your soul's freely and joyfully aligned with what, what you value most, your soul finds rest. And when I live a half-hearted devotion, my soul 
Can I just say, you know, my soul, my soul's always stressed. You know, my prayer is sometimes I was praying this morning. I said, God, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to give you half effort. I don't want to be at a place that I'm constantly seeing this thing in my life and I'm having to keep bringing that thing to you. Are you ever feel that way? Come on, anybody? Anybody want to be real this morning? And all of a sudden you go, God, it's you. I can't carry this thing, but I remember, I remember where I came from. I can recount all the times when I wanted to throw in the towel, when I got discouraged, or when things were happening. But God, all of a sudden, you showed up. You sent a friend. You sent provision. You sent things. Listen, 15 years of seeing this church and what God has done in in people's lives. Listen, it's never been about buildings. It's been about people. Reaching people, building lives. And now to, to look and see what God has done. And I look out, and it's not things that I've done. It's things that, as you have found your purpose and your desire, it's God using you to be a tool in His hands to bring people to find rest in their souls. Can I just be honest? I remember the day that we were going to buy some property, and the guy we were going to buy, we were calling, we got everything arranged. Remember that, Denny? And the, he called, and, you know, God bless him. He went on to be with the Lord, and, and he called, and I'm ready. I got everything ready to go buy the property, and we're going to start on the, the, what used to be the sanctuary in that other room. If you're new, when you go through those double, that used to be our sanctuary. We used to do two services there. Before that, it was the building front. And so we were going to expand. We're going to buy two acres and we're going to build that building. And y'all, some of you have been around, y'all, oh, he's going through that story again. But sometimes you got to remember. Sometimes you got to recount what God has done. And I remember he came, I went over there and he said, I'm not telling the land. In the South, when a man spits, that's his way of saying, I'm a man. What do you think about that? It's like the other day I, I saw some guys, I'll be honest with you, I was going hunting and I was in my hunting clothes, and two guys got out of the car, and they were sweet. I'm just going to be saying, I'm just, they were so sweet, they had a poodle with them. And I looked at the license plate, they from Texas, and when they got out, looked at me, I went. <laughs> I'm not being camouflaged, but I ain't hiding, I'm a man. I just did the redneck in me, the inner redneck. You understand what I'm talking about. Hey, it's the same sin as lying, cheating, and adultery too. So don't, I'm not going there. I'm just telling you. It's like the Bible says the spirit of man knows the spirit of man. You know what I'm talking about. And ain't going to be no sweetness on me. I'm going to be sweet in the Lord. But anyway. I don't know why I went on there. I shouldn't have gone there. Forgive me in my human state. I'm sorry. Because I know that people struggle with different things in their lives for things that have happened to them. And I don't know what may happen to those guys. But my heart goes out to people that are lost. It's the same as thing thing is doing drugs. You think that's going to satisfy your soul? Because that's where I was. I thought drugs. I thought if I have another girlfriend, if I do another thing, that's going to satisfy me. It didn't satisfy me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? True worship begins. It brings rest. See, when your soul is freely and joyfully aligned with what I value most in my soul, I can find rest. How many of you want rest? See, but when I live a half-hearted devotion, my soul's always strained. I'm always looking for more, 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 more. Can't get enough chocolate. Can't get enough this. 
Luke says it like this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart. Let me just say, love is always active. You know what I'm saying? It's always doing some love. So it's, it's, it's always working. It, it's, it's, it, it's active with affection. It's active with desire. It's active with, like, it's doing something. It's an action word. It's not just a, a word that sits there. It's like love. Love is the greatest force in all the universe. God's love is the greatest force that breaks through darkness, that breaks through clouds. Love is the greatest, God's love is the greatest force in the universe. God's love. And see, when loving God involves, and see, he says that love God with all your heart, your soul, and all your strength and your mind, and love your neighbor and say, loving God involves your heart. It involves your soul. It involves your strength and your mind. Here's the last three things. What God wants you to, God wants you to engage God. Number one, engage God with all your strength. No matter what kind of day you have, you can control your strength. Love God. Man, if you're working on a rig, use that strength, that physical ability God's given you to work hard. Be a light in a dark place in the middle of a dark hole on a rig. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe you're in a place, and, and you know, maybe it's not using the physical things, but your ability, the gifts God's given you. Give it your all. Here's a question. How many of you say, Pastor, but I could be better with what I have? Come on. Say, Pastor, I need, I'm not really using my full ability, but I, I, I feel convicted and I know I need a certain. Anybody like that this morning? Listen, look at me. Let me tell you something. I remember Josh, we were doing a chapel one day and he brought some information one day. He said, he said you know what? If you become 1% better a week, by the end of the year, you'll be 52% better than you were. That stuck with me. I'm like, dang, just 1%. How many of you can give 1%? Y'all didn't raise your hand. I'm praying for 1% around here. Lord Jesus. Not privilege of 1%, but, you know, you know what I'm talking about. He said, but see, when you start to praise God, can, can I say something sometimes? Sometimes you need to come to church. Can I just be honest with you? Sometimes you can't, you can't, sometimes you might have had the weight of the world on you, but when you come in here and we're singing songs, don't just stand there and go, You know what you got to do sometimes? Yes! Yes! Oh, God. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, if you had 30 days to live, how would you act? How would you sing? See, I, the bottom line is most people sing more lies than they tell. Because we come here and sing all these beautiful songs. But we're not applying one thing to the song we've sang. It's just a melody. Hey. I remember I used to turn up the record. I was driving. And my, my truck got hit the other day. Long story. I don't want to go there. But uh, this lady with the little girl, the rental car, we're driving by. And, and she's, she's driving by. And, and I, I'm, I'm going, and we drive by the church she's from, and she just does this. And I go, hey, I'm not Catholic, but how come you do that? And she goes, I don't know. I said, well, you know, it kind of reminds me of a story. I said, you know, there's an old lady that, there was a lady, she was making a, a, um, a roast for her husband. And, and every time she'd get a roast, she'd cut off both ends. 
And she put it in the oven and cook a roast like that. And her husband looked at her one day and said, Baby, why do you cut the ends off? She goes, I don't know. But my mama used to do that. Maybe you can call my mom. So he called the mom. He said, Mom, when, when you cook a roast, how come you cut the ends off? She goes, Well, when I first got married, I had a little pan and I had to cut the ends off to make it fit in the pan. Isn't it amazing that sometimes we just do things because other people are doing it, but we don't know the meaning behind it? But sometimes you need to come to church and give a little shout. You need to clap. You need to say, oh, God, yes, I'm going to lift my hands. I don't, I've never had a question in church. So guess what? I'm not going to have one question. I'm going to have two questions. I'm just going to give it all up. I'm going to shake the flag. and God, I give it up. I give my stiffness. I give my, my hardness. And I give it to you because, God, I want you to create in me a clean Heart, a soft heart. So when you do this, you're making a declaration to your soul. You're just saying, soul? It's kind of like your soul. It's like kind of like the, your soul comes into church and it's just kind of going, mm-hmm. It's like getting up in, inside and you go, get up! You're going to serve God. Thanks, Scott. Brother, I like you, you, you. You wore a jacket just like me today, but I can't fit in yours, and you can't fit in mine. But it's just—I just feel. I mean, he's up in the. Anyway, something going on. Anyway, I don't know what. Something going on, but can't explain. You know, it's 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 like it's just saying, "Wake up! Let's wake up!" You know what happened in France this week? It's making people wake up. But then even people waking up, there's still people that have apathy. What's going around in our world? Because when people go, are we in the last days? No, we're, you're in your last days. But I believe we're in the last moments. That was a whole other series we had a while back. But see, it's, like, it's all of a sudden it shakes people. And sometimes you need to have a morning shake up. Come on. So, come on. It's cold. Get up. Let's get up. Luke and I were in the deer blind yesterday. I said, man, I've got to read my I read two chapters of the Bible before I even looked. It was dark. You know what I mean? And he's like, we got this heater in there. He goes, Dad, can we turn the heater on? Can we turn the heater on? And God's kind of like that heater. When you're cold, your spirit's cold. Come on. And you just crank that little heater on and you go, whew. Meshah, my toes are getting a little freedom. That's how our spirit is. We turn on the heat of God, the light of God. It exposes our coldness, our, our indifference. And all of a sudden, what happens? We make that connection to God. And the last thing, we need to encounter God. Not only do you need to engage God with your strength, you need to encounter God with your mind. Sometimes your mind is your greatest enemy. So now, no matter what kind of day you have, you can control your strength. Hello? But see, when you sing songs here at church, they're declarations of truth. You know, when I was singing in the shower, as a deer panteth out the waters, so my soul doth pant for thee. I'm doing a King James version. And I just keep singing that, putting the shampoo on, as a deer. It's a cry. It's a declaration. God. When you were a little kid, you remember how you'd make declarations? Mama, I'm hungry. 
Mama, can you make some chicken fricassee, Miss Barbara? No. <laughs> no. I remember my kids. Matt would come in the morning when he was a little kid. And he, goes, he, he, he didn't say pancakes. He goes, Mama, can you make some handpakes? I remember another time my son Andrew, when he was real little, and he, ha- he would get up in the morning, he'd have to eat right away. And I remember Ch- Tracy would get, you know, always make sure. And then one morning, Tracy, she, she gets him, she goes, and he goes, Mama, I'm hungry. And Tracy looks at him and says, Baby, can't you just sometimes, like, give Mama a little bit of a break? Can you say, Mama, I love you? Good morning, Mama, I love you. Can you fix me something? And the next morning, he goes to there and he shakes her. Good morning, Mama. I love you. I'm hungry. (laughs) Are you hungry for God? Are you feeding your appetite? Are you hungry? Are you hungry? See, you sing and you speak the Word of God over your mind. You got to speak those things that aren't as they are. You got to speak in a positive manner. God begins to renew your thinking and gives you his thoughts. Are you hearing me? You see, we make music loud so you don't get distracted to people that have a bad voice next to you. And we turn on the lights so you don't see sometimes how other people look. That's why I stay in the back. Y'all don't want to hear me. No, I'm watching y'all. Because you know what I like to do as a pastor? I like to say, God, are they responding? God, let that left section over there, and it, that, you know, let them just kind of begin to enter. You can, see, you can see little pockets where people are just kind of, you know what I'm talking about? Where some people are just, yeah. And other people, they just go, mm, not today, Lord. <laughs> I don't know about a church with a pastor named Bubba, and he's sharp. See, and the last thing is experience God in experiencing God in your soul. So what am I saying? I'm saying you need to engage God in your, in, with your strength. You need to encounter God with your mind. And then you need to experience God in your soul. 